0: Welcome to the house of the Lord, amen. It's good to see the family of faith as it is every Sunday. I look forward to Sunday morning because I want to be around the family of faith, the people of God. You know, the Bible says wherever two or three come together in his name, Jesus says, I'll be in the midst of you. How many can say amen to that? Isn't that awesome? Well, you look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. He promised to be here. And I think it's always fruitful for us to acknowledge His presence. Amen. The Lord is with us. Do you know the Bible says that wherever two or three come together in His name, that whatever we agree, whatever we touch upon, that God will answer that prayer of our agreement? So there is power in the house of the Lord. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, there's power. Amen. Jesus is present. The power is present. And I'm just glad to be around the family of faith to encourage each other in the Lord how many did they know that going to church is an absolute essential for your faith how many know that going to church is absolutely essential for your faith you know why because this past week you had a lot of conversations you thought a lot of things you spoke to a lot of people and the enemy worked in every one of those conversations and tried to get his foot in and 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 keep the door open just long enough to whisper some lies into your ears But isn't it awesome when you come to the house of the Lord that you can hear the truth of God and you can expose the enemy for what he is? He's a liar and the father of all lies. And we can walk out of here groomed in faith. Amen. Can somebody say amen to that? I can think of nothing better than to hear the word of the Lord and to prepare ourselves for the week. And as you can see, we've got a lot of families out on vacation. It's Memorial Day weekend. And people are enjoying that extra day of... Of of uh, day off from work. How many got off tomorrow? How many how many got off? You don't got to worry about going to work. Raise your hand right, so I can see. You. All right, so y'all should be chill, in chill mode right now. You're not. You're just relaxing. You are taking it in. You can come in and enjoy yourselves in the Lord. And I pray that tomorrow you have a good time. And and and, and Elder Ramirez, uh, I think it's good for us to remember that tomorrow. Let's 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 remember the sacrifices, right? And I know that. A lot of people, we plan things, and we got a lot of things planned for Memorial Day. If nothing more, we're going to get together with family, maybe have a cookout. of here thinking, "Hey, I can't wait to have a day off from work." But let's remember the sacrifices. Amen. Let's remember what we're celebrating on Memorial Day—a prayer, uh, not only for those who have, you know, maybe given the ultimate sacrifice, but for people who are currently serving in the in in the armed forces uh, here in the United States. And we want to continue to pray for any of any soldier on foreign ground and we want to continue to pray for them as well so let's be mindful of the day amen let's do this i going to ask you to stand we're going to get into the word of the lord just for a moment and I, you're going to enjoy today's message i am in the the second to the last message in the series uh it, it's like that and then we're gonna uh, uh, move from the series and 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 in the summer uh, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say that we're going to invite people into the shade of the kingdom of heaven. How many do they know that there is shade in the kingdom of God? There's, there's a shadow, there's a place where we could provide the coolness of the kingdom, and we're going to be going through Psalms 91 here in a couple of weeks. I think it's going to be essential for your faith. We're going to talk about some things and the kindness of the Lord in that series. And so we'll be ready for that when that comes. But for right now, we are are in the series, It's Like That. And if you know uh, anything about that phrase, if you know anything about the 80s, you know, it's like that. And that's the way it is. If you have your Bible, St. Matthew chapter 13, and I want to draw your attention to Some beautiful passages. We are still studying the kingdom of heaven, and as we're drawing to a close, I pray today that the conversations that I'm going to share with you today will draw your spiritual life, your Christianity into the kingdom. There are a lot of people who are Christians who are not active in the kingdom of heaven. I want to draw your activity, your your energy, your strengths into the kingdom of heaven and that's the purpose of the series I want to, to in these conversations to produce in you a desire to be part of the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven and I want to draw you into that if you're in St. Matthew 13 I want to begin reading here at verse 44 I'll read it through verse 46 and I'm going to use them the way Jesus used them he paralleled them and gave them together we're going to do the same and so this is St. Matthew Chapter 13, I'm going to begin reading here. Verse 44, it begins like this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure. Now watch this. Hid in a field. So the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure with, with this caveat. It's hid in a field. The which, when a man hath found, he hideth. And the Bible says, and for joy... Thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. That's marvelous, right? Watch out! Jesus parlays this this next this next parable. He says again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant, a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. So now he's showing you that the 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 business acumen of somebody identifying something precious. Oh, I wish I had somebody right there that understands what a goodly pearl is. And the Bible says, verse 46, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And it's like that. That's the way it is. And we're going to get into these conversations today. I pray that your heart and mind is open. Will you pray with me as we just kind of still ourselves? We're going to go maybe about 30 minutes in the word of the Lord and then We'll we'll prepare our minds for the week. Amen. Father, we thank you for this glorious morning. We thank you for the opportunity we have to hear your word. Holy Spirit, we want to hear it not out of a natural mind, but out of a spiritual mind. We We don't want to just be a hearer. We want to be a doer. And so, Holy Spirit, only you can take this word and apply it upon the hearts and minds of the people of God so that it just doesn't become a message preached but better still a message that we live and so we pray that over the family faith and over the people of god we pray that blessing to be manifested in ways that as the word of the lord says not 30 not 60 but a hundred times that which was sown let this message bear the fruit and the evidence of your indwelling and so we pray that together. We pray it as a family faith. We pray it together, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen, and amen, and amen. Listen, I want you to go find somebody and just tell them it's like that. And then tell them back, say, and that's the way it is. Amen. Because it's like that, and that's the way it is. Glory to God. It's like that, and that's the way it is. like that and that's the way it is God is awesome God is awesome you see it's like that and that's the way it is it's like that and that's the way it is. How beautiful it is to be in the, around the family of faith and the people of God and the blessing that's already present, already prepared for us. How awesome that is. How awesome that is. Part of the role of the man of God is not just to teach the Scriptures, but to teach the principle. There, there are principles that run throughout the whole of the Bible. Could, could I give to you and frame for you a principle of life? Go goes something like this. Whatever you espouse in your heart, you will pay a price. Let me say that one more time because you have to settle this in your spirit right now. And some of you that are a little older, you know that whatever you take in into your heart, whatever frame of mind you espouse in your heart, you will pay a price. There is nothing free. Part of the role in the church is to put a spiritual frame around that life principle. And it goes something like this. Some of you know Proverbs 4.23. It says this, Proverbs 4, 23. In fact, open your Bible. I want you to, want you to lay hold of this because if, if, I don't, if I don't bring this home in the right way, uh, you might miss this. The Spirit of the Lord is talking to me. Proverbs 4, 23. You'll recognize it once you see it. This is what the Bible says. Guard thy heart, watch this, with all diligence... Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23. Now, now while you're in Proverbs, go ahead and flip over to Proverbs 23.7. And this is what it says. So as a man thinketh in his heart... so so, so, so don't go too fast because sometimes I've heard people say so as a man thinketh so is he no the Bible says so as a man thinketh in his heart so is he Proverbs 23 7 you have heard of the exposition of the mind of God on the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said in the chapter 6 of, of, of the book of Matthew I believe verse 21 when Jesus says wherever your treasure is There your heart will be also. This is a life principle. That you've got to be careful what you let into your heart. Because there's always a price to pay. Early Thursday morning, I was still sleeping when the Spirit of God stirred me. To talk about this very life principle. He says, there's some people in your company who their 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 heart has espoused the idea that they deserve to be happy. Do you know that you'll pay a price for happiness? Yes, sir. Let, Let me say that again because I'm not speaking about something immoral. What I'm saying to you is that if you think that you deserve to be happy, you will pay a price for happiness. Uh, just as if you decide to be angry and vindictive and unforgiving, you pay a price for your anger. You, you will pay a price to be upset, to be angry. And this, this is the life principle. W- whatever we take in, it could be emotion that we take into the heart, and when we take in the heart, that emotion, you pay a price for your emotions. Because they manifest in the things that we do, and the way that we act. And you need to be mindful that everything costs you something. The purpose of the kingdom of God is to produce in you an, a, a new desire, a new, a new motivation. It's to help you to see the things that are worth investing in. Because how many know there's some things worth paying for? <laughs> There's some things worth the price of admission. Come on, somebody. How many know that it's worth getting a good mattress? Raise your hand if you say, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a little older now. I can't sleep on the floor like I used to when I was 16. How many know it's nice to have, have a memory foam mattress, you know, where when you lay down, you can go to sleep, get some rest? Some of you are a little bit older now. You know that there's, you know, when, when we go to eat, now we want to pay for service. We, how many like good service? You want to you, you wanna have good service when you go out to eat. You want a good weight. You, want, you don't mind paying 20, 30%, you know, tip if, as long as you don't have to talk to nobody. You can just enjoy your meal. I'm talking to somebody. How many say, you know, I tell my wife, I don't got no hobbies. I don't, I don't golf. I don't, I don't do a lot of extracurricular. So you keep that air conditioner at 72. That's my hobby, staying cool. There's just some things worth paying for. Yes, sir. That's true. Part of the spiritual act of our regeneration is that God infuses into that new creature a new value system. And that's key for your life. Part of that new value system gives illumination to the things that you should want. Uh, let, let, let me help you. You you're still in your Bible? Go, go, go with me to Psalms chapter 37. Because the Spirit woke me up and said, you've got to teach that there's a price to pay. And you think you're getting by in an attitude, and that attitude is costing you your life. You, you think you're doing okay because you believe that the thing that you're pursuing is going to end in a good way, and in reality, you are investing yourself into nothing. You know we live in a world now where everybody tries to get stuff and everybody wants this and that, and then they're disillusioned when they get all those things. They're still empty on the inside. How many of you know you could pay a price for something and not get nothing in return? You know I don't mind when I go to McDonald's and you know I get my little. You know I like to pull it. How many of you thank God for the for the you know dollar menu? You know. First lady will tell you. My dad laughs at me because you know I'll just be driving. I'll pull up and say, "Give me, give me two dubs." You know, I say, "Give me two dubs, some fries and a and a, and a drink." And, and if I pull off and they forget to put the pickles, I'm all right. I only spent a dollar. I'm all right if you know, you know, it's that not that, that big a deal if they don't put some ketchup on it. I, I I'll live. But how many know when you're investing your life? And when you're really giving yourself to something and to to get that something and and, and feel empty and all the energy and the exercise of your life into something that doesn't produce the thing that you want most, there's a lot of people in in the world disillusioned. And part of that disillusionment is they don't have the foresight, the insight, the revelation that comes from God in that new creature. And brothers and sisters, you are new in Christ. You have a new value system. You don't think like you used to think. Now the thing that you thought was important is now unimportant in your walk with Christ. Are are you there in Psalms 37.4? Psalms 37.4. All these scriptures we've heard before. This is what the Bible says. Delight thyself in the Lord. And he'll give to you what? The desires of your heart. Now see a lot of people read that in a narcissistic way. This is what they think. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna delight myself in God, then He's gonna give me what I want. Right. That is not what it says. Now I thank God. How many can raise your hand in here and, and of a truth say God has given to me things that I wanted. So I thank God. So, so, so let's, not, let's not be disingenuous to the world. God has given to me the things that I wanted. How many are thankful today that God didn't give to you the thing that you wanted? <laughs> I am thankful that some of the things I pray for, he just said, no, I'm not going to give that to you. And thank God for that, his wisdom, to say that's going to hurt you. What God is saying is that if you delight yourself in me, what I'll do for you, and this is the greatest gift God could give to you. For any believer, I want you to hear this. Stand still. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. One of the greatest things that God can ever do for the regenerated man is to put in his heart a brand new desire. Brand new desires. And brother and sister, in this world, we need that. We need new desires because what I, what, what, this is what I know about people. Whatever they desire, they'll get. Uh, whatever we desire, it occupies our minds. It's all we think about. Anybody have a desire and that's all you thought about. I mean, I mean, you know, you, know you, 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 you can get into one of them little foolish temper tantrums and you all angry. And that's all you think about all day is the thing that who offended you and how they did it. And all day long, that's all you're thinking about. That's all you're praying about. But isn't it nice when God can give to you something that's going to be fruitful, something that's going to cause your mind to get out of all the muck and the mire that you can look, up or look over all the stuff and say, that over there is what I'm looking for. That's what I want. And God will put brand new desires in you. What I love about a desire is that it always brings fresh revelation. New desires bring fresh revelation. God will put a desire in you. And I hope, it's my prayer for every person that's been regenerated in here that you have a desire for his word. Do, 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 you, do you know that the word isn't just the word? It's the spoken word that's been written. And that's a distinction because we can literally say our Bible is the Rema of God. It is producing the spoken word of the Lord. It produces in us a fresh reality. His desires. Watch this. Can, can, can I give you a revelation? So, so, so Apostle Paul, and I'm going to show you how the Lord will give you a fresh desire, a new desire. And, and sometimes we are in them, but we don't know that we're in them. Uh, so I'm going I'm to go down to a couple rungs. I was talking about spiritual things, but I'm going to drop down a couple rungs to just show you life. H- how many know that the Bible says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing? If you're married today and you're next to her, say, baby, you're a good thing in my life. Thank God that I got a good thing. I'm trying to help somebody. I want to act like I ain't looking at you, scratch my eyes, and act like, you know, nonchalant about it. But, brother, you got a good thing. I I realize that when teaching this, Apostle Paul uh, has only one thing better than that. Apostle Paul says that if you're gifted as he is, he would pray that none of you be married. Uh Uh I heard somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. He's giving that because he says, Listen, if you're gifted in that way uh, to be alone, you can dedicate all of your life to the purposes of God. Gets back to the same thing that, 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 that man or woman who has the giftedness of being single and, and doesn't have the necessity of that sexual passion. Oh no, we're getting PG 13 now, right? <laughs> Went from G to PG 13. Listen. Listen. How many know that that sexual passion is God-given? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nothing filthy about it. And I'm going to show you why in just a minute. Because God works through that passion. He put that passion because He's looking for something. I want you to see that Paul gave that admonition. I'm speaking of desires, right? I'm speaking of being able to produce in your life a set of values. A desire for the Word of God, a desire for fellowship, a desire for serving the Lord, a desire for one another. These are the desires that God puts in you that helps you produce a priority in your life. And I believe there's a lot of Christians that have no priorities in the desires of the kingdom of God. And that's the issue. Because if you had prioritized, your desire would be first for God. Then we'd see your life full of passion for the things of God. And wherever there is a lack of passion, it's evidence that the desires of God are not being made manifest in you. And it's a responsibility of the Holy Spirit in my life to keep them ablaze. I want to be on fire with my desires for God. So watch. So Paul gives that admonition. I, I, I look around and I don't think any of you qualify. I'm just looking around, kind of scoping out the church might be a couple of you i don't think you know very seldom have i ever met somebody with the giftedness of being single for the priority of dedicating their life to god there are some there are some maybe you've met some i i have not in all the years of ministry i have not met that man or woman god said it is not good remember a man who finds a wife finds a good thing watch the priority of the kingdom it is not good for men to be alone. I should get a lot of amens from the fellas. You do not do good when you are by yourself. He says, I'm going to... So I want you to see that in a world that denigrates the holy institution of marriage the very revelation that every one of us should have towards that one principle that we've all experienced. You know, we're in a generation now that makes marriage look like nothing. You know, you know why get married, man? Just, just just, shack up, live together, see if it works out. If it works out, then, 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 then you can take the next step. And everybody's trying to downplay marriage and the roles of marriage because how many know that in marriage there's a sacrament? There's sacraments in these things. Desires that God places in that sacrament. Husband, you become Christ. Wife, you become the church. And the purpose of the church uh, 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 and Christ is to come together to produce prodigy. The kingdom of heaven is in a marriage because what is it trying to do? It's trying to produce godly offspring to advance the kingdom of God. We've got every other priority for marriage except the kingdom priority. God said, I'm going to give to you this sacrament. This is how I'm going to overtake the world through your children. That's rich. Yeah. Yeah. Things, listen, the kingdom of heaven, watch Jesus. Say, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, but it's hidden. Yep. Some of you have never embraced the hidden richness of the God, what he can produce in you. He gives revelation to what's important. You you know, we spent this last week into a lot of things that may yield no dividend in your life. We've invested ourselves into conversations, into things, into business, uh, into our careers, uh, into getting an education. We've done all these things and very diligent in these things, might I add. And yet the hidden things of God remain hidden to you. It's my heart here that we would hear Jesus say, listen, the kingdom of God is hidden. It just just doesn't reveal itself. It takes supernatural revelation by the very desires of God in you because you delight in him. How many know it's a wonderful thing to delight in God? Wonderful thing to delight in God. How many know that Jesus says that your very faith is dependent upon his quality, his character? What does Jesus say? Have faith in God. Not in stuff, not in people, not in things. The primary is God. Have faith in Him and His character and who He is. Let that be paramount in your mind. I'm so glad my God is faithful when I'm faithless because that's His character. I'm so glad my God is gracious. I'm so glad my God is merciful. I'm so glad my God is abundant in goodness. I'm so glad that my God is patient. I'm so glad that my God forgives. Listen, brother and sister, hear me when I tell you that these things to others are simply hid. You might be around people that don't even know why you go to church. Man, why, why, why are you going to church, man, man? Every Sunday I see you get up and get dressed and go to church. You know, they don't understand the hidden treasure of fellowship. They don't understand the blessedness of hearing because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And how can they hear lest they have a preacher? They don't understand the blessedness of this communion, what it is to be part of the family of faith. Listen, brothers and sisters, when you come to church, distinctly hear it. This is a privilege to be in the house of God. You're not going just anywhere. You're not going over to the theater, to the schoolyard, or walking into your place of employment. You are coming to the house of the God. And, and you could say like David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Man, come on, somebody. Clap your hands, baby. You're in the house of the Lord. Get up right now and go give somebody a hug and tell them you're in the house of the Lord. Get up right now go hug somebody say, baby, you're in the house of God. Some of y'all are acting like y'all at the public library, all quiet and subdued. Uh You're in the house of the Lord. For all you married people, you better start seeing your marriage through a new lens. God wants to subdue the earth. Through you, the sacrament, through the prodigy, your children. There's magnificence happening here. God puts desires in us for him, for his word to draw close, a yearning, a desire to be close to God. Brother and sister, do you understand how marvelous marvelous the idea of fellowship with God is? Do you know today that you have fellowship with God? Let me say it again. You have fellowship with God, capital G-O-D. You have fellowship with God that we can draw near. The Bible says that if I draw near to God, he'll draw near to me. For anybody that's saying, where is God? My question is, where are you? Because he's going to be true to himself. You draw close, he comes close. Isn't it nice to have fellowship with God? In a world where we don't know what may happen, the situation that might befall us tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, I don't know what's coming your way, but I have fellowship with God. And I have taught you a principle of the kingdom of heaven. Here's a principle that you may want to lay hold of. He'll never leave you nor forsake you so that you may boldly say the Lord is my helper. These desires, listen to you, I don't want you to play down this regenerated man who desires the word, who understands the spiritual significance in fellowship, whether it be with God or with one another. You don't know how important I am to your Christian walk. I say this often to many of you, I'm not getting to where I'm going unless, you know, unless I have you, and you won't go where you're going unless you have me. We need each other. Come on, somebody. For what purpose? We need encouragement. We need prayer. We need help. You know, there's so so much of these things, uh, and I call them things in the sense that God produces in us desires that, that we should be through the Spirit of God manifesting into the fullness of what God intends them to be. Because the things of the kingdom of God are hidden until you get revelation, supernatural exposure. Could I suggest to you that you've been exposed to a lot of spiritual things. Yes, sir. You just act like you haven't. Let me say that one more time. Because I'm talking about hidden things. And, and I'm here to tell you that the things that you think are hidden are not so much hidden. You've actually seen them with your own eyes. Yes, sir. Let me say this one more time, man, because the spirit was really talking to me. He was talking to me in my sleep. That he has given you revelation of the kingdom of heaven. He has shown it to you right there, right before your eyes. And you're acting like you're not knowledgeable of the power and the purpose of God in your life. These things are not hidden. Not as much as we like to perceive that they are. Listen, I'm going to show you something. I believe that in the world the enemy is always working. Let me say that one more time. I believe that the enemy is constantly working. That my spirit man every day is constantly being buffeted by demonic work. Constantly buffeted. Constantly. And every day that I get up, I tell my wife, from the moment my eyes wake up to the moment I go to sleep, and sometimes even in my sleep, I am being buffeted every single day. And my spirit, man, is at warfare every single hour of every single day. Because I have to make sure that my thoughts stay right before God. This is the warfare of the mind. Warfare of the mind. My victory, my victory in warfare is because I've been positioned by God as a son of God by two things. One by the blood. One by the blood. Anybody believe in that blood anymore? You know, a lot of churches, they, they, they're not bloody like, you know, we used to be rugged. Remember when we used to sing, oh, oh, oh you know, we talk about the old rugged cross. We don't sing that song anymore. Uh, we, we try to sterilize Christianity. Brother and sisters, you're in warfare. And there's a lot of blood shed on this field. The, the, the treasure is hid in the field. And brother and sister, God has revealed it to you. He's revealed it by his blood. Every one of us is here because we believe that Jesus died on that cross and shed that blood. For without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin. Brother and sister, we are here because Jesus Christ is our super victor. He's the all-time champion of the world. Jesus rose up out of that grave. We say it all the time. My Jesus rose. My Jesus had power over death. You don't think that means anything until you die. That won't mean nothing until you die. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, just, just this past week, you know, uh, the elders, we were at a, a, a service. Some of y'all know that we, we had a past member pass away. A- and listen, we don't mourn like the world mourns. Because I know that to be absent from this body is to be present with God. You say, well, how is that true? Because the fellowship of God, you want to see how, how unique the fellowship of God is? When God made you, on, he scooped you and formed you out of his dust. You know what he did? He breathed into your nostrils the breath of life, the ruach. And the Bible says when he breathed into you, you became a living soul. You know, I thank God that God gave me a soul because, you know, he gave me emotion. I'm not emotionless. I'm emotionful. Listen, I'm not going to be here and be disingenuous to you. I know what it is to be happy. That's not my pursuit, but I've been happy before. Anybody ever been happy here? I hope you have. If you haven't been happy, just three of us. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not gonna tell you that, that your emotion is a detriment, but it can be if that becomes the, the motivation. I know what it is to feel sad. Anybody ever been sad before? Raise your hand you've ever been sad. You've mourned. You, you, you've lost something. You, you, you felt a sense of loss. You were sad in that moment. But how many know the Bible says we don't mourn like the world mourns? Right, right. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant about them that are asleep. Yes, sir. Spirit My spirit man, and I know him well, he's in constant communication with God. Come on. Come on. And I know what it is to understand the flesh in me. And the warfare that constantly rages between my spirit and my flesh. Oh, man, somebody. I, I'm getting into the earth, the treasure of the kingdom of heaven. That I've got a new spirit Come on now. with a new heart and a new mind that thinks like God and acts like God and purposes to live like God and to, to exemplify the very image of God on this earth. I know what that is. And I know what it is to tell somebody that spirit, when a person passes, goes right to be with God. Because God breathed and made you whole. You are body, soul, spirit. And that spirit goes to be with God. And there's coming an hour, the Bible says in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, that the dead in Christ are going to rise. Come on, somebody. This body that died from whatever agent or disease will lift up, be raised incorruptible, raised into immortality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That there is a spirit inside of us born and regenerated with the purposes and the desires of God. And friend, I'm here to tell you that, that, that we can't subdue that. The, these things, listen, are not so much in. You know why? One by the blood, and one because you've seen God be faithful. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anybody here ever seen God do something incredible? Yes. He didn't let you see it so that you could be quiet about it. Yes. He says we overcome the enemy by the word, yes. uh, by the blood of the Lamb, and what? By the word of our testimony. Yes. My God can do it. Let me say it one more time. My God can do it. My God's able. Now, brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. You better be careful with that because there's going to come an hour where you're going to need that knowledge. God gave it to you. He showed you that he does it so that you'll know he'll do it for you. He's given you a testimony so that testimony can build upon his desire on this planet. God wants to show his kingdom right here, right now. Uh, Let let, let me show you how unique this is. So, so, So a man sees what's hidden, and he hides it too. Because he knows he has a price to pay for that. But the Bible says he for joy, he goes out and buys that field. He returns happily. Because you know what? He says, I know what's there, that hidden thing that nobody may see or even recognize, is priceless. Priceless. Brother, I'm here telling you that you're going to pay a price somewhere. Why not pay the price in God? Listen, your marriage will cost you everything. Anybody that's married knows that. And God gives you that little semblance to awaken you that it's worth investing in. How many can say it's worth investing in your marriage? It's worth, even if it's broken, to fix it. That's why God is a God of restoration. It's worth it to work on your marriage. If you see the principle, if you see the God principle, that you'll be willing to pay the price because you know what you're putting into is going to bless you right back. Oh, I'm helping somebody. And I even started talking about the kingdom just talking about these little principles, testimonies that God is showing you that if you see things the way he sees them, it's worth investing in. It's worth to invest yourself into the scriptures. And it's worth to stand on the word of the Lord even when everything else is, you know, people are laughing, mocking your stance in faith. It's worth it. People say, well, Pastor, how do, you feel? how do you feel when you pray for something and, and you believe God and what you pray don't come to pass? I say, I'm excited. Well, I say, well, why are you excited? Because I stood in faith. Yeah. You see, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. For those that come to must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Yeah. Not everything I pray for is answered when I pray for it. But I know I please God nonetheless. Y'all got to get this. Some things are just hidden. Sometimes we don't know why it turned out the way it turned out. I'm talking about kingdom stuff. But I understand the principle. I'm going to invest there. It's hidden. It's hidden in the field. But the Bible said he for joy went and bought it. Have you bought into it yet? Have you bought into everything that the Bible, the kingdom God wants to offer you? You you know, it's easy to come to church and not buy into what you're hearing. And and people come and they say amen, but the amen isn't agreement. It's just some religious philosophy that you may hold. I come to bear you the truth, and and, and I pray that the truth will set you free. Now, now, Now watch this. How many know that Jesus the kingdom is like a merchant? Merchant man seeking goodly pearls. I mean, have you ever been out and and you got to a point in your life where you really want to search out the things that are really worthwhile? Are you still in the little loop of your ignorance? You know, a lot of people say, man, you know, it's the same thing over and over again. You feel like you're spinning your wheels? You feel like 2020 was like 2019 and 2018 and you always seem to be in some cyclical thing? And God is saying, I can break that cycle in your life. I I can change the way you invest your time and your energies and your purposes. And I can reveal to you new things, uh, things that will blow your mind if you'll trust me. I'll deliver to you beautiful things that are worthwhile, but I'm not sure we've all bought in. I'll tell you the one thing that I don't believe the church has bought into. I'll tell you the one thing. I believe you have bought your salvation. The reason why you bought it is because somebody else paid for it for you. You, you, you know, when you get around Americans, you say something's free, everybody lines up. Let me say that one more time. Americans love freebies. They love free things. But can I suggest to you, when I was in college, I'm a business major. And my professor told me, economics 101, there is nothing free. Even if you got it for free, somebody paid for it. See, it's easy to come to church and bask in the freeness of your salvation. Oh, that's easy, baby. It's easy to come to church and receive what's freely given to you. The question is, can we give it out? Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is free. You freely received it. Now, I want you to freely give it away. There's the problem. It's easy to apprehend it. Now, when God says, Christ says, I want you to give what I gave to you to somebody else, then that, that's where we got the problem. You see, that's where the kingdom begins, in the giving away. Watch this. So simple is this matter. Watch this. Y'all know the story. St. Luke chapter 2. Oh, man, I'm running out of time. Let me give it to you. St. Luke 2. The Bible says that Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus, or little Jesus, preteen Jesus, went to the Passover, Jerusalem. Went down there with family, friends, went down to observe Passover. The Bible says that when that was over, they began their journey back home. But They didn't take Jesus with them. They they just assumed that he was in the band of travelers. They traveled a whole day and somebody asked, think about this, they went a whole day. Somebody say one day. one day. A whole day. You're not hearing me. Parents, you know exactly what I'm saying. They went a whole day, 24 hours. Nobody asked. Has anybody seen Jesus? Did everybody got into a panic. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? And he wasn't in the bed. So Mary and Joseph went back to Jerusalem and for three days, somebody say three days. days. They were searching for Jesus, couldn't find him. There's a story here beyond the story. This is the imagery of the church. We're searching for Jesus? We're trying to find Jesus? Are, are, are you kidding me? Brother and sisters, you don't have to search for him. The Bible says that when Mary decided, said, well, where do we think he's going to be? Bible says let's go see if he's at church see if he's at the temple the Bible says that when Mary confronted Jesus she confronted him in an accusation don't you know that we've been looking for you for three whole days you lost your mind Jesus You, you know we were leaving, but you were here. Why weren't you trying? Well, what, what, what's up with you? And then Jesus, well, how is it that you sought me? Yes, sir. <laughs> In other words, where have you been looking? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three whole days, and where did you go? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I mean, remember, I'm, I'm, I'm like 10, 11 years old. I mean, were you in the bars? Did you search through the caves and mountains? You know what Jesus said? Didn't you know that I would be about my father's business? This is the little kid telling an adult, didn't you know that I would be doing my father's work? You, you, You know, the church is full of people that come, but we're not about the business. You see, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. What is it that I'm to do? What is is a merchant doing? He wants business. He wants to take something to make something. He's in the business for profit. Uh, uh, Christian, is your relationship for your profit or for the profit of the world through the kingdom? I I would probably venture to say you're here because you want a profit from God. But Jesus said, I didn't give it to you for you to keep it. I gave it to you so you can give it away. And I want you to do my business. And there's a principle at work no man that's been hired, no man that's been hired, listen, the laborer is worthy of his wage. No man ties up an ox, lets it tread out the grain without them eating along the way. God expects us to be about the business. Let me stop with this. It's already past time. Let me just stop with this. Now, I've been alive a long time. I understand my relationship to my wife, but I understand it spiritually first before I know it naturally. I I know that God is moving through me to minister to her. So I want to be that agent. If if anybody's going to hug her, it's going to be me. Y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all ain't hearing me there's ever going to be expressions of intimacy, he's going to be me. Because God works through me to her. Y'all got to hear that. I understand the spiritual work, the dynamics. Boom, boom, boom. I understand what that is. I've also come to understand that there's some things in this world that money can't buy. And, and friend, if you don't know that to be true, you're going to find out here real soon. You might have the best doctor and he's going to look you in your face and say, I can't help you. Uh, You might be working somewhere where you might think your career is set. You're going to retire there and they're going to put a pink slip in your box. And you're going to find that in this world you're going to have trouble. Then you're going to find as you get a little bit older that the people that are troubled are right next to you. And I pray that somebody in here is weeping for one another you, 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 you say you're mature in the Lord when's the last time you wept for me let, let me say that, everybody listen you say you're mature in the Lord, when's the last time you've cried for me wept wep for your pastor I'll tell you I wept for you all this week because you see I understand that what's been given to me and I have to give to you same principles that applied to me that God gave to me, the same blessing, I want to pass forward to you. The same love that God showed to me, I want to love you out of that same love. The same graciousness, the same mercy, I want to extend to you. I want to be merciful to you. I want to be kind to you. Why? Because that was given to me. See, I want the kingdom to advance. You know what else? I say this all the time. The best day you'll ever encounter in your life is when you're sick, when I walk through the door of your hospital room. because I'm coming in the power of the kingdom of God you see I bought in to that goodly pearl in my closet my wife will tell you I say father I'll give up everything to get that one pearl the pearl of this kingdom that I might minister your power your ability to a hurting world in whatever way you would send me I go for you you see we've bought into everything except the business of God brother and sister you can't just sit here every Sunday this just be some religious obligation you fulfill to appease your conscience before God brother and sister you gotta, you gotta speak about God you have gotta be sent from the Lord when you walk out of here just believe that God is sending you to minister his kingdom and then you've bought into that as a merchant man you, you are part of the business of the kingdom of God Listen, my whole life is about business. I'm about the business of God. And if you don't think so, ask the first lady. She says, you're all about God. You're about the business. That's all I'm I just want to do the business. You say, Pastor, when do you retire? I retire when I get up yonder. But I also know what it is to find the peace of God. And I'm going to talk about that shade in a couple of weeks. I know what it is to get in the shade of the Almighty, into the shadow of God, to be replenished, rejuvenated under the wings of the Almighty. To know what it is be in business for the Lord now listen I'm not discrediting your salvation if you believe in Jesus you're saved amen praise the Lord the question is have you become a merchant have you exemplified the hidden things that God has revealed to you he showed it to you for a reason you were there for the miracle you were there for the healing you were there for the restoration God let you see all of that so that you can go out and minister the same maybe today watch watch this I'm just going to show you Right now, if God has done a miracle in your life, a healing in your life, a restoration life, just stand. Just show you. So look, the hidden things are not hidden, right? The hidden things are not. Look, look around. Everybody's up. Me, my mom and dad, it takes a little while, but they're old. It takes a while to get up. But but look, we all testify of that, right? Now God said, the way I gave it to you, go give it to somebody else.